Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sex Actually podcast. As always, your host with the most, Dave Neal. How's everyone today? Doing all right? Doing good? You caught me with my coffee. I made it three hours ago, so it's cold, but I'm still drinking it. I'm a slow sipper, folks. You got to get that first coffee to stretch. You got to get it to last. You don't need to chug it. It's funny, when I studied abroad in France, uh, which was now 13 years ago, for those of us that are aging rapidly, uh, I remember trying to order a coffee. And like, you know, it's France. They serve you like a six ounce at best in a little thing. And I'm used to the Dunkin' Donuts large you know what a dunkin donuts large iced coffee looks like it's just a small bucket it's a small bucket with a white garden hose that they jam in there and you just suck it into your system and i was thinking about this i was in bed this morning thinking i got one of those um coffee makers that uh, it grinds it for you on the timer so basically you can set the timer for whenever you want and then the beans grind in the morning and then you can hear it and you wake up to it and it's great. But now that I've had that for almost a year now, I've had this nice Breville for about a year now, not a sponsor. Shout out to Breville. Uh, since, since I've had Breville, and which, by the way, it's really good. You can turn the knob uh, to increase the strength of the coffee. And also you can increase, you know, if you want it like an espresso grind versus a thick grind. Who cares, right? Whatever. What am I talking about? But now that it's been a year that I've been timing my own coffee, it's not enough. Now I want someone to deliver it to me in the morning. It's a solid 20 feet away from the bed. Maybe it, you set the timer and then maybe you, you put an IV drip into your vein and then the coffee can just hit you. Just a shot of coffee in the morning to get out of bed. Why is it the older you get, the, 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 the harder and heavier the body gets in bed? I don't know. Anyhow, folks, it's been a good week. Uh, I'm back to solo. I'm back to one episode a week. October, I did double episodes. I'm not saying it didn't work. I'm just saying, look, you got to do what works for you. And for me, as much as I love talking to everybody, uh, I was wondering if it was a little too much. I mean, look, this isn't a full-time gig. This is just what I do for fun. I got about 17,000 other jobs that are going on. Uh, some of them going really well. Stand-up's going well. Uh, trying to do some old bits and add them to new bits. It's such a weird clusterfuck stand-up because what you see on TV, for those of you listening, I bet you, I think statistically only 10% of America has been to a comedy club. Have you guys been to a comedy club out there? Write in to me if you haven't. Let me know where you live. I'll tell you the closest club. I'll try to get you tickets. Sexactuallypodcast.gmail.com. There are... There is no better date out there than taking your chick or your dude or whoever to a comedy club. All the work is done for you on stage. You get to drink. You get to watch live theater, a one-man show, and you get to watch. It's the last place in the world people can say whatever the fuck they want, aside from podcasts, and not get in trouble. I mean, for the most part, not get. The only reason I haven't gotten in trouble for shit I've said on stage is because I'm not famous. And if you're famous, you're a target. So I kind of appreciate that um, obscurity that I get to live in by not having any fame. That's a nice poor way to put it, right? Yeah, I appreciate not having success. I'm kidding. It's been a great journey. It's been an, it's been an incredible journey doing stand-up. And, you know, every year that you do it, you look back and go, oh, man, I was so bad that year. And then you just each year you get a little bit better. And then finally, you get to do shows outside of a you know patio in Venice like I did last night and did a nice 10 p.m. show on a Monday in front of a bunch of stoners in Venice, California. Boy, my life has taken off. This episode wasn't meant to bum you out. I'm going to turn my mic down a tiny bit. Um, I hope I hope the audio has gotten better. I, I, I'm trying my best to work these levels, but what you have to understand is sometimes the audio that's recorded is not what I can hear in my cans. So while I think I'm recording something that sounds really great, I play it back and it's dog shit. Anyway, I'm a, I don't like quiet moments on the podcast. That's just my hyper personality. But if you don't mind, I'm about to take a sip of coffee, so... Enjoy a sip of coffee with me in this brief second of silence. That was good. That was a good sip. Anyhow, folks, let's get right into it. This is a solo episode, if you couldn't tell already. It's just going to be your boy Dave talking to you, living in Los Angeles from the great state of Rhode Island. Oh, how about this? Uh, for those of you who... Most of you aren't new listeners, so let's just... If you are new, go back 
256 episodes and start from the beginning, which by the way, I love you people that do that. I get, I get letters and people tell me all the time, ah, I started from the beginning. It's crazy. Yeah. Start from the beginning. It'll, you know, the references might be dated. Yeah. I'm talking about Mandy Moore, sweet as candy or some shit, whatever I was listening to 20 years ago when this thing started, it's only been three and a half years or has it been four? Is, has it been four years? Boy, thanks. Thanks. Thank you listeners for uh, sending me a birthday cake on that. It's been about four years. This is episode two fifty seven. This uh, we're on the second rendition for all. For, who's listening since it's it was called You Up the podcast? Has anyone been listening since then? Uh, to catch everybody up, my co-host was Gabby Conti, and uh, bless her soul. I like Gabby. I don't see her much anymore. L.A.'s a big town, but uh, you know, I, don't, I, w- I wouldn't even say we had creative differences. It, w- it was just a lot to try to schedule two different people meeting up. As you probably know, know with, uh, you know, Tasha, my co-host and girlfriend, live-in girlfriend, it's hard enough for us to get on the same page to record episodes because, you know, it's, it's, it's the best conversations we have are the ones when we're just alone. You know, like this morning, she's like, you know, oh, like, I got to shave my legs. She's got to shave her legs. She's running around. So I took my laptop into the bathroom and I hung out with her because, you know, making time, you have to be flexible. And uh, we've been on completely opposite schedules. She's been working during the day for a whole bunch of different fashion companies, doing their fit modeling and runway this and all that. And it's a whole industry I don't know anything about, but she's working during the day and I've got these nighttime shows. So when the schedules aren't lined up, wake up a little early, have a coffee with your lady. What's so, you know what I mean? She's doing coffee scrub on her legs. I'm on my laptop. It's all good. It's a good life we live. You got to appreciate those moments. Uh, anyhow, I got a couple emails from people and, um, I guess I'll read them to you if you don't mind. Let's read this one first. Two emails. Um, cause I tell people, you know, like, look, I'm sick of talking about my personal life and not having this be a conversation, a dialogue right now. It's a monologue. So get in there, sit down. I don't care if you do it from the shitter or your lunch break or your business hours, whatever you're going to do, send your boy Dave an email. Let me know what's up. I appreciate a photo. Okay. Here's what I, here's what I, I like. Ideally, I want a selfie or, or a link to your Instagram. Let me know that you're a real person. I like that. If I'm reading about you, I like to know who I'm thinking of. Like, um, like we got Vic, right? Vic, uh, she's in LA, right? Vic, uh, Vic, right. Um, has written in on Instagram, things like that. We got our Canadian friends. We have Florida. We got different people that write in. I, I can put a face to the name. Anyway, I won't blow up your spot. If you want to leave me an anonymous email, that's fine too. But, uh, let's hear about your lives. Let's see how we're all connected. Uh, this person wrote really enjoying the extra episodes. Don't give up. Spoiler alert. I already did favorite winter drinks, buttered rum and mold wine. All right. I can get behind those. Mold wine is one of those. Can we get an ad agency to uh, reinvent mold wine? I think it's better than it sounds. Cause you know, like mull, oh, I'm going to mull around. No, mold wine is actually fantastic. Can we call it like hot spicy wine or something? Last time I had mold wine was in um, Bruges, Belgium, a quaint little town in the center of Belgium. And uh, they have a wine festival every year. I don't think you can get away with having a wine festival in the town center in America. We're too stiff with our alcohol. You know what I mean? We're, t- we're too like, uh, we're still in that prohibition that like, oh, it's so bad for you. Meanwhile, you go to Belgium and you see a bunch of nine-year-olds sipping wine like it's Campbell's soup. Can't be that bad. Anyway, here he writes, I'm a little frustrated by the whole quote unquote me too discussion sensitivity to women thing you have been focusing on recently. Equality is great, but it seems like this movement is more about women having the upper hand and telling men to shut up. Okay. I'm going to read this whole thing and try not to interject because I'm going to, I want to say a lot. So I'm just going to keep reading. Uh, it's hyper, it's hypocritical. Tasha telling you that you don't listen that her constantly interrupting you this episode. You couldn't even finish your thoughts. And then he said in all caps on your own podcast, I enjoy her, but there's a line where it's just rude. It's like women push the movement as long as it's good for them. I firmly believe that all people need to be held accountable. You seem like a sensitive and decent guy. There is no reason why you should have to grovel and be so self-aware that you can't even be yourself. I'm a woman. Oh, this is a woman. Okay. I thought this was a guy writing in and I was getting all nervous. (laughs) Okay. I love that you validate. Okay. Tell me up front, people, when you're a lady or a man. I need to know how I'm going to read this. Because at first I was like, oh, boy. Oh, shit. We got another dude here who's going to. Okay, here we go. I'm a woman, and I've dealt with weird guys all my life. 
but it's never been a huge issue for me. I've never felt like one creep defines the rest. It's unfair and illogical to lump all men together with one label and constantly shame them for the sins of others. Look, there are bitchy, slutty, home-wrecking women all over the place, yet they excuse these actions and continue to hate on men. For every player creep, there is some slut that's down to fuck. Women need to stop pretending that they don't go for that stuff. I think the feminist issue is old and yaked out. Let's focus on human decency for all. Women need to be held accountable for their actions in the same way they hold men accountable for theirs. Stay strong. We like you for who you are, not because you pander this ridiculous, stale, and parroted movement. I look forward to your next podcast. Sometimes when they don't come out fast enough, I have to re-listen to old shows. The more you worry about fame, the less attractive it is. Let this small group of faithful listeners support you and provide some meaning. Pretty much every podcast that I've listened to has ended because people got caught up in subscriber numbers rather than doing good. It's never enough. Now, uh, this is now a novel, but one more thing comes to mind because you mentioned Billy Burr so often. I looked him up. Couldn't even finish an episode. He was like the copycat canned version of your show. Cheers, B. Well, first of all, B, thank you so much for writing in. Um, I have to come to Billy Burr's defense. He is the greatest comic out there. He's a working legend. Um, but the fact that you think he's a copycat version of me, I'm, I'm going to take that as a compliment. And I appreciate that so much. Uh, I couldn't, um, you know, he's been doing stand up for 25, 30 years. I am, uh, but just past halfway point of a decade. And I got to tell you that I really look up to him, but, uh, but Hey, maybe, uh, he's an older guy. He doesn't relate to, to you as much. And that's fine too. I appreciate Look, look at me. I'm selling another guy's podcast. That's how insecure I am. I'm like, Oh, you gotta listen to this other guy. Me, fuck me. But that guy, he's good. Anyway, let's, uh, let's go back. B. uh, now that I know you're a woman, buttered rum and mulled wine, come to LA and drink with us. Look, okay. You, you, <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. Tasha telling you that you don't listen then her constantly interrupting you this episode. You shouldn't even finish your thoughts. Okay. I, I'm okay with that. I have created a podcast where I get the ultimate voice. You know, I I'll turn my mic up and turn other people's down. Uh, I'm totally okay with that. So Tasha, if you're listening in your car between jobs, look, uh, we all come off it different ways on the episode. People don't get to live with us. Tasha, um, I love her so much for her strong points of view. Uh, that passion can be hard to have a dialogue because what, what, what I have to remember when talking to someone like Tasha or a, a stranger online is that everyone has a imprint of past experiences that help dictate who they are now and how they react to things. And, um, Tasha, like other, like a lot of women have had dudes try to, you know, you know, she's a model. She works in an industry where like, they like what, what career it, are you treated more like a dumbass than a model? You know what I mean? I mean, she went to a design school, a really prestigious school, and she's a really smart, well-read woman. But a lot of times people go, you, what the fuck does this chick know what she's talking about? She just looks good in front of a camera. And that's the last, that, you know, that's what you get to see. But there's a, you know, she runs her own business. She, you know what I mean? She's a business owner. Uh, but people see model. They don't see business owner. And what I've had to learn um, in this industry is that anyone who, uh, you know, even uh, sells yogurt on Instagram, they're running a business. You know what I mean? And I can't be above that as a comedian. Although I'll tell you what, I, um, I have great pride in what I do. I do. Uh, it's an interesting, it's an interesting line of work. You know, sometimes if you, if you want, you know, you get on stage and you want to look smart, play smart, be this kind of highbrow guy, the audience isn't going to relate to you. If I go to a show in the, in the redneck country and there's neck tattoos and this and that, maybe I got to like throw a few more F-bombs out there. You got to relate to your audience. And with Tasha and myself, we know each other so well that we're almost jumping on top of each other to get our points across. Uh, and, and in relationships, what we have to remember, um, you know, as a, as a co-host and also as a girlfriend is that we, 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 I'm not saying we take each other for granted, but when you meet a stranger, you'll let them finish their point and then you make theirs. Uh, you know, when you, when you, when you're talking to someone you don't know that well, it's like a, um, it's like a, it's like a fencing, you know, it's like on guard motherfucker. One guy's running this way. You're running that way. You're back and forth. You're wearing tight white outfits. You got a bees keeper helmet on whatever the hell. I don't really follow. It's a bad analogy when I don't follow fencing, but when you're in a relationship, when you know someone really well, holy shit, that's a street fight. That's a middle school street fight. You're throwing haymakers. You're running around. Someone's yelling world star. There's a weave on the ground. It's a fucking show. And, um, 
and I hope I, uh, you know, you know, and that's how we get sometimes we, uh, we interrupt each other. So, um, I understand that in that moment, uh, it's funny that she was the one interrupting me, but you know what I mean? As a guy, here's what I had to learn. I went on stage last night and I was like, look at this point, men, we all have to just come to the conclusion and I'm not apologizing for men as a whole, but we have to all just admit that we're creeps that we're genetically programmed to want to procreate. We're programmed to want to stick our dick in as many vaginas as possible. And in specifically as many different vaginas, uh, we're programmed to want to have sex with as many different women as possible to prolong the species. Now, uh, as a globe global, uh, uh, dominant race, uh, human, the human race, I'm not talking about men, women, white, black, whatever. The hu- uh, humanity has been pretty successful. Uh, g- getting somebody knocked up is a lot easier than scoring high on your SATs, right? The lower the IQ, the probably better chance you have of knocking someone up at a younger age. We're not the smartest people, especially when our dick's full of blood. It's true. That's just as simple as it comes. Uh, no pun intended. Uh, that's as simple as it comes on her back is where you should put it and not getting a girl knocked up until you're ready and in love and can provide for your child or not in love, whatever point is we're all over the place as men. We want stuff we can't have. I can't tell you how many times a chick has run by me or walked by me and it's thrown off my day because she's wearing something that makes my fucking loins, uh, lumber as it were. It's just, I'm not saying, oh, she was asking for it or I did something about it, but that's men. We dump fucking testosterone the second we see a hot chick and we go, fuck, I might have to beat off to that later. I mean, ladies, that's what guys do. I don't know if it goes the other way, but I've never heard of a chick who's like, oh yeah, this dude ran by me with his shirt off. I got to go finger myself now, but (laughs) maybe you do that, Uh, but, (laughs) but men it's not rare for us to really feel this wave of um, endorphins that come off of a woman who's sexy. Sexy's not, it's also not just a physical thing. Uh, it's, it's a, some people exude sexuality more than others. I've had conversations with women that I wouldn't probably be naturally attracted to them by their photo alone, but them fuck, and we call, we call what do we call them? Fuck me eyes, right? Do eyes here's the thing. Eyes don't change. Yeah. They dilate a little bit. You can see if someone's into you, if their eyes dilate a little bit, if you want to be a fucking psychopath, <laughs> you know what I mean? You can see someone check you out with their eyes, but eyes generally don't change yet. We have a term called fuck me eyes. And that's because there's something that happens that we can feel in like a sixth sense when someone's into us or when they're just sexy, they don't have to be into you. They can just be sexy. And you just get that look and you go, Holy shit. This person's a dick wrecker. And we call them a dick wrecker. Like we know anything about them, but what we do know is that we want to fuck them. So they're a dick wrecker. You know what I mean? It's a very like passive way we look at women, but uh, you know, and, 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 and we hate to boil it down and say, Oh, women aren't anything more than just a hole for us to fuck. That's that. That's not what it is. Women are so much more, but we also have to deal with the fact that we want to have sex. I mean, yeah, most guys have a story about fucking a couch or something when they're a kid. I mean, it's no different than a dog just humping others. You know what I mean? You don't know what that is. I know women have that story too. I talk, we've interviewed so many girls on this podcast over the time. We're like, yeah, you know, like I, I dated a girl. I was seeing a girl in college and she was like, yeah, this, sorry if this sounds crude to say because it's creepy that I'm mentioning it, but she told me she was like, yeah, when I was like in like elementary school, I wouldn't wear underwear and I would wear I would wear quarter, I would wear overalls so I could like touch myself in class. And I'm like, look, it, first of all, right. It, that came out even creeper than I thought it would be. But this is a chick who's being honest with me. A girl's being honest about, yeah, like we, we don't know what these feelings are and we don't know how. And then as adults, we know how to suppress them, at least in society, which is kind of strange. You know, we've built this society with laws and clothing. Isn't that weird? Isn't it a little weird that you can't go out in your birthday suit and walk down the street naked? I mean, I get it that that's like, oh, but there's children around. I get it in the society we live in, but don't you ever just like smoke a little weed and break it down and go, you can't go outside in the God given clothes that you have or in the God given 
body that you have and be naked. I mean, they finally passed a law in New York state where women can be topless, but that's another crazy thing. We got these nipples, mine a little larger than most men. I got them silver dollars, motherfucker. We got these nipples. Men, men are okay. You know, and by the way, if I, uh, if I, uh, touch my elbows together in the front, you know, you know that you touch your elbows, you know, in front of you together, I have tits folks. I, if I, if I didn't have a little bit of chest hair, if I shaved my chest hair and just took a photo of my tits, those are nice tits. No matter the gender, I got nice tits. It's just something I, you know what I mean? Anyway, the point is, is that here we are in the year 2017 trying to like clothe ourselves and control these emotions. And it's like, we're just putting band-aids on a greater issue that men have to be more educated um, with how we deal with our sexuality. Of course, there are psychopaths, Harvey Weinstein, Kevin Spacey. These are certified psychopaths. Louis C.K., to a, a smaller extent, he offered, a, 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 I thought, a very good apology, saying, look, I now understand that I was using a position of power to try to get with girls. I mean, put, put it this way. I feel, I've shot um, projects before as a director and as a writer where I've totally cast a girl in it that I was attracted to. And that's no different than, um, you know, Brett Ratner casting a model for his movie just so he'll get his dick sucked. It's really no different. So for all of the men out there saying, oh, like, oh, but we're not all like them. I get that it's a spectrum, but we're all pieces of shit. And I like we've all done things in the past to abuse our power. What we have to remember is that that's why art in, in anything in the world was ever created in the first place. You think an architect wanted to be an architect just because he loved being an architect? Maybe, but maybe that was, maybe he was good at math and that paid him money and he was able to like be an artist and women are attracted to him. There's validations that come with everything that we do. And, and, and whether you're in the arts or in business, most business guys I know are as creepy, if not more power hungry than any artist I know. Cause they, they know, I mean, I, I, I had dudes that I was friends with in New York and, um, and most of them honestly were good guys, but they lived in this group think culture where they were like, Oh yeah, it's intern season. And intern season was the time of year where like dudes and chicks would intern at their like law firm or at their business or at their accounting agency, whatever. And that was when they would like have quick casual hookups with people in college. And they had like, they called it intern season. Now that's psychotic to say on the surface, but when you break it down, it's like, okay, well, yeah, sure. They labeled it like they were fucking assholes, but they didn't realize they were in positions of power and they were just dudes trying to get laid. And that's what it all boils down to. Now I'm not defending again, people that do this without the consent of others. I'm just saying we have to address the fact that, that this is a real issue and all men can be creepy in some way or another. And I'm not a white knight saying I'm not one of them. All I'm saying is let's address our real feelings so we don't feel shamed about it. And maybe that way we can call them out when they happen, not 25 years later. It's a special time that we live in folks. I'm not blaming women for not coming forward to this or that. It's just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't. I totally understand why women couldn't come forward uh, from, for Bill Cosby till it went viral and, and Weinstein because they thought they were alone. They thought they were going to get punished. And, and in many, and in many ways they were, they were punished. And here we have a woman um, calling other women sluts, which is okay, which is okay. I'm not against you. By the way, I love this email you wrote in to me. I really do. I love that you're a woman writing this because if a man wrote this, it would lose all that sort of credibility because we don't understand women the way a woman does. Um, she said, I, uh, the, uh, women push the movement as long as it's good for them. I firmly believe that all people need to be held accountable. I agree. And this is the same issue we have with Democrats and Republicans. And, you know, we draw a line in the sand and we say, are you with us or are you against us? It's the, it's the basic tribal need to be in part of a group. So fe- the quote unquote feminism, I'm, a, I'm, I'm supportive of silencing of men. I'm not because men are, are part of the problem. So let's have a conversation. It doesn't have to be so one-sided. You guys know that a few episodes ago, I did that um, toxic masculinity episode and I had a girl right on my Facebook, like, we don't need to explain to you what this is. Like she took out a lot of her aggression on me, a stranger. She didn't even listen to the episode. And, and I have to be okay with that. I have to be above that because an eye for an eye makes the whole world blind, sticks and stones, blah, 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 whatever you need to say. You know what I mean? She wasn't angry at me. I need to be less defensive for, uh, for all of men 
and just let, I need to let women talk. And this is the point where we listen. Um, I know this is like an active type of listening. It's a podcast. If I did the whole episode where I listened, it would just be blank audio. So I am not, uh, anyway, I got to wrap this up. She said, you seem like a sensitive, a decent guy. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. But you know, we're going to keep talking about it. Um, we're going to make, you know, make, not make light of it, but we're going to talk about it and not be silenced and, um, figure out what men can do. And hopefully like podcasts like this, men can learn that, that, um, that they can't manipulate women, that, that there's, there are better ways to do it than, than, uh, you know, it's, it's just, it's just too simple to be a boss being like, Oh, you need a raise, you know, some mad men shit. We're like the chick fucks. you. It's like, you got If a chick is attracted to you because you're in a position of power, that's not a bad thing. You just have to do it on the right playing field and the playing field isn't at work. So if a girl decides that she wants to be with you or a, a woman, sorry, you know, don't call us girls. We're women. If a woman decides she wants to be with you, fine. But like, you also have to know, like, is she doing this because she thinks she's going to get something out of it? Am I doing it? Because I think I'm going to, you know what I mean? Anyway, we got to move on from this. Um, Oh, I'll just say this. I love the quote. The more you worry about fame, the less attractive it is. Let this small group of faithful listeners support you and provide some meaning. Thank you so much for saying that. Thank you for calling me out on that. Um, yeah, it's, it's tough. It's tough uh, to stay in your own lane. I'll keep on talking about that as well. That's going to be something I'll probably have to work on my whole career. I think I'll have to work on that my whole career. We, um, you know, a lot of t- you ever see that uh, you ever see the dude, uh, the football game where the guy breaks out and he's about to score a touchdown and um, and he stops to celebrate before he hits the end zone. And then some guy strips the ball of him. And it's, that happened. It happens every year. Some dumb, you know, running back or receiver. He, you know, stay in your own lane. Put your head down and run fast and don't worry what other people are doing. And that's um, that's kind of like uh, something I need to remind, remind myself to do because we do have a great group of people who listen to this podcast and I do appreciate you. And, uh, I can't hold any of you guys accountable for the, for the fans and the subscribers that we don't have. Um, all I can ask and, and my point with all of that is asking you guys to just share this with your friends because we do get great reviews. Uh, a lot of people that like it, um, right in and, and, it, and that's humbling. And I love that. Uh, I would just love that like a thousand times bigger. I know I'm doing it right now. I know you told me not to worry about it. I'm just saying for all, for all the work that gets put into making this podcast, it wouldn't be any extra work if it just went viral one day and we got, because th- at that point, you know, you get, to, once you get to the 20,000 subscriber mark, uh, that's when you start making, you know, advertising dollars off of it. If you want to like break down the wall and like hear about the business side of it. If, if this, if this podcast were to say, have a much larger following, you have the cachet and the currency to do things with that. You can do live shows. You can take it on the road. You can upgrade your equipment. You can have a studio, all those things, which right now it's a small, but mighty army. And I'm appreciative of that. And, uh, nothing would change with who I am. Like no amount of money if I won the lottery and won a hundred million bucks, you ever think about that? Like, what would you do differently? I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, I'd get a house with a pool, but I would still be in the backyard podcasting, bitching about, you know, the maid service or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not motivated by money in that sense. I'm just motivated by wanting to, to be able to have the time to focus my energy on creativity, not on my side jobs. You know, I do all these side jobs where I'm, you know, I got all these, I got, I got a bunch of random things, but it's part of the process. A lot of good things are happening too. And it's, it's crazy the scale of pay that you get for doing what comes easier to me, stand up comedy, hosting, things like that. When I get a paycheck from doing that, it's like, holy fuck. I did a job for Snapchat. I don't know if I'm allowed to say fuck. I I did it. I don't, it hasn't come out yet. They paid me 500 bucks for the day. And that's, and that's, don't get me wrong. That's not a lot of money, but it's a lot more than my side job. And I got to have fun and and was treated well. And it's like, oh, well that's because that's what I'm meant to do. I meant, I meant to do creative things and my voice and that's, but you know, if I'm doing Uber, I'm making 15 bucks an hour, which I don't do anymore. Thank God. But the point is, is that when you do something you love, not only can the pay scale be much higher, but it's because you're good at it, dummy. So for all those listening and not doing something you love, you know, start a podcast and get more followers than I, I'm kidding. Okay. Um, it's hard not to come off jaded when I sound so jaded. Anyway, I just spent half an hour on that first email. I got one more email. 
I'm going to go through in a couple questions. Let's make this next one fast. I'm going to take another sip of coffee. So we're going quiet for a second here. I can't believe you said I was a better podcaster than Bill Burr. You're so wrong about that, (laughs) but I appreciate it. I'm going to hold on to that. All right. Oh, here's a good one. This is from, oh, should we say her name? We'll call her Soph. We'll call her Soph. Hello, Dave and Tasha. I should start off by saying that the minute I discovered your podcast, I started binging all of them, full of so many great stories and wisdom, whether it's the interview format or the solo ones. Full disclosure, they truly are life-changing. Thank you. That's sweet, Soph. I I appreciate that. I love all of the life lessons in each and every episode, so thank you. You make my job so much better. I have a bit of a dating situation that I really hope you could help me out with. I'm 23, and I've been with my first boyfriend for four months now. Congratulations. Right before that, we had been broken up for a couple months where I broke things off because we really never spent time together, and I didn't feel a priority to him. He did have two demanding jobs, and there is a bit of an age gap, 10 years, so I understood his constant tiredness. Seeing him once a week, I hope he's 10 years older and not 10 years younger. (laughs) I'm dating a 14-year-old. So you're 23, he's 33. Okay, I can work with that. I'm 32. I can give you a good point of view from this old tired motherfucker. Seeing him once a week wasn't enough. Four months ago, we got back together and he said things would be different. He was working less. So there would be more time for us and he wouldn't be as tired. I agreed. We do hang out more often now that we got back together. However, the same patterns seem to come up. I always seem to be initiating to hang out and I feel like I'm the only one that actually wants to spend time together. I should mention my love language is quality time, so it's not as important to him. However, I can't help but feel rejected every time I suggest that we hang out. He usually says he has other things going on, such as video games or rest planned. Oh, boy. We have a great... (laughs) Oh, boy. Red flag. We have a great time, and when we do hang out, he even talks about marriage and kids, which sounds great at the moment. I know he is invested, but isn't it normal to want to spend time together? This is, an, uh, this is an unestablished rule, as if we hang out on a certain day, we can't really hang out the following day. We normally see each other two to three times a week. I don't expect to be with him 24-7, but every relationship I witness, they don't seem to be counting the time that they're spending and trying to cut it short. He seems eager to end it as soon as possible. If I don't make plans ahead of time, then we don't do anything. Sometimes I just don't say anything the day after after not hanging out, hoping that he will suggest something, even just to hang at his place. But I'm always left disappointed. He's very good about following the no two-day rule, but when it's our hangout day, it just slips if I don't say anything. It's the same story when it comes to sex. I told him once a week wasn't enough for me, but he said that he thought the same way, but sometimes he was just too tired. Even when I'm at his place, he seems to want to get rid of me because he has to work the following day, even though I work earlier. I really don't want to blow things out of proportion. He's great and loving, but we're together, but the same patterns keep happening. I can't help but feel awful getting rejected all the time by your boyfriend. It doesn't seem normal. I have brought all this up to him. He states that he does enjoy spending time, however, that his quote-unquote me time is very important to him. Am I asking, expecting too much of of his time? I have been considering that perhaps I'm trying to get him to fill a gap that really he can't fill. My friends tell me I should become less available to him so he can stop taking me for granted. However, I hate mind games. That's why I've told him, uh, but he'll put a bit of effort, then it's back to normal. Do you think that his constant rejections are really some sort of childhood triggers for me? I'm sure this goes into some other deeper issues. However, I'm lost as to where to take this. He is my first, so I feel very blinded, and I'm not sure if I have attachment issues. We, have, we, we were having a conversation about this yesterday, and finally, after all of our conversations about this, he stated that he thought I needed more friends. Oh, boy. To not revolve all my plans around him. It only seemed logical for me to want to take him to parties, events I'm going to. I feel I do actually do my own things. I've taken up working out, and I do see my few friends that I do have. However, he thinks I need quality time with other people. Is he right? Am I putting too much pressure on him, or is it really an excuse for him to not have to see me as often as I would want? Any advice would be greatly appreciated. Soph from the Midwest. So many good things in here, Soph. Let's start with um, some affirmations, if you don't mind. I am very proud of you, somebody that I just got to know two minutes ago. Very proud of you for, um, by the way, your email address. Is that your birthday? I just figured it out. July? No, that doesn't make sense. I'm just seeing a bunch of numbers. Anyway, they can't see this. So um, you're a smart woman. You're 23, but you're very mature with 
the fact that you are acknowledging what your issues might be. I tend to date women that want more time from me than I can offer them. I keep myself very busy. It sounds like this guy keeps himself very busy as well. Uh, Video games, I'll give him a pass. I don't play video games. I tend to judge people that do um, because most people that I know that play video games don't just pick it up for 20 minutes, half an hour. It's like a gym session. It's all right, two hours. And you know what? Everyone needs something to kind of like, you know, have that meditative state where they just kind of close their brain off and maybe he needs that. So I'll give him a pass. But if he's spending more time a week playing video games and hanging out with his girlfriend, there's a bigger issue here. Um, another thing that comes to thought, uh, to be completely honest, I'm sure people listening are saying this. It sounds like he might be seeing someone else. Maybe not, but maybe, maybe he's, uh, open to the idea of seeing somebody else. And that's why he, uh, only wants to make one or two days for you a week. Um, I agree that, uh, if you want more sex, you should be talking to him about it. No guy should ever. <laughs> it's very rare for a guy to reject sex from a girl. I always tell this to Tasha. We don't have a ton of sex, but we're also on completely different schedules. She likes it at a certain this whatever. And I told him like, look, I've never, re- I've never turned her down for sex. Sometimes I don't know if she wants it because you know, we're just hanging out on the couch. Like guys need to know. I mean, are you like grabbing at his junk, trying to kiss him, this and that? And he's still like, no, babe, we can't. I'm not because obviously that's a rejection that nobody wants. But at the same time, it sounds healthy that you guys have talked and communicated uh, about it. But it also sounds, you know, it's tough to hear someone you love or assuming you guys, you know, are working towards love. If you're close to somebody and they tell you, you need more friends, that's a tough one. Um, it doesn't mean he's wrong. It doesn't mean he's wrong. You say you have friends, you go to the gym. Uh, I would, I would suggest, I would suggest ramping that up a little bit to like, um, you know, possibly, um, an intramural dodgeball league, something fun that you can do, uh, not, not to spite him, not as mind games, but I would prepare yourself for happiness alone. Uh, relationships should be dessert, not the main course. This is uh, hard to do. You want to take him to parties with you. He's your guy. You want to show him off. I totally get that. Whenever I have a party or something I want to go to, I want to take my girlfriend. I want Tasha to be a part of it. I want her to get to know my friends. Uh, that's a, that's a normal thing. We want to show off our shiny new toy. Or in my case, my four-year-old toy. Um, not that she's four. We've dated for four years. Okay. Uh, I, I do understand that guys... And, and this doesn't have to be a man woman thing, but there's always somebody in the relationship who needs more like alone time than the other. And for me, I like, uh, I, I, I found naturally when I can get my alone time today and tomorrow, the, the, this is therapy for me, folks to talk to you guys. This is part of my alone time. I go do this. I'm going to go to the gym. I might go hiking by myself. I'm going to people watch. That's where I get my alone time. I'm not one of those, uh, back of the library where no one can see me people. I like to study in the 24 hour room. Do you know what I mean? Where like people are walking around. That's alone time for me when I'm with strangers, not having a conversation, just being a part of the society. That's, that's my, I'd rather do that. I'd rather be at a beach in a beach chair alone, surrounded by people than alone on my couch. Just me. But it sounds like this guy needs to work on, his alone time and in, in managing you guys. Uh, when we talk about emotional labor, it sounds like you're a perfect example of, of you doing all the legwork to see him. And you wonder as the codependent person in this relationship, as it sounds, if you didn't do all the legwork to see him, where would this fucking relationship go? And sometimes you need to figure that out. Sometimes you need to go, you know what? And, and you, need, you need to get some of your girlfriends behind you. You need to say, Stacy, Monica, Tiffany, I'm not going to talk to Troy for the next week. If he doesn't want to make plans with me, fuck him. He doesn't like me enough. And that might be what you got to do. And that's not a mind game so much as you going, all right, chief, I don't have to spell this out for you. You need to decide if you're going to pick things up. Like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I know now. And this took me a little, you're only dating four months. This took me years to learn. I know now when I need to plan a date with Tasha. Now we live together. I see her all the time, but I need, I need to know. All right, babe, 
put something cute on. I'm going to dress up. We're going to take a lift. We're going to go to that Italian place you like. I'm going to spend more money than I feel comfortable spending. You're going to, we're going to eat a lot of pasta. You're going to be too full to have sex afterwards. And then we're going to go to bed. We're going to have a good night out. (laughs) And that's, I'm a Netflix and chill type of guy. Naturally. When I'm with my girl, I'm a, I'm a, why would we go anywhere when we can just hang on the couch and be together? But we have to remember that's not quality time. Sometimes quality time means showing the other person you can take them on a date and he needs to do that with you. And, 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 and every right. So look, you've explained to him what your love language is. This isn't something that's going to go away. Just like I've been working with Tasha to be like, you got to understand what I mean when I say I need affirmations. I don't need you to write me a poem every day. I need a pinch on the butt. Good set, babe. Look sexy up there. Done. That's not even a tweet. You know what I mean? I don't need, uh, I know what I need. And it's crazy when you say, you know what you need. I was talking to some buddies, some comedy friends the other night at the comedy store. And, he, and he's like, wait a second. Your chick won't say good set after your show or something. And I was like, no, nah. I was like, I don't think she really gets it. And they're like, oh my gosh. They're like, my girl, lo- like, well, f- you know, fawn over me after show. Oh, you did great, baby. Oh, you were amazing. I'm like, yeah, that's just not. And I, I was like, I don't hold, I don't hold her accountable anymore. I used to get upset about it. Now I just acknowledge it and I go, you know what? I know I had a good set. I know she loves me. I know she thinks I'm funny. I know all these things, but that's not how affirmations work. Affirmations aren't, no, I know my girl loves me. It's tell me you love me. It's, um, it's just a checking in with each other is what it is. And, and, and that's something I've called out in a playful way, but it's something that's going to consistently be something we work on. I mean, it's, I almost look, I almost look at in, in our instance uh, with Tasha, I look at it as like, oh, it's a bummer. You don't really know how to give affirmations because it means your family probably didn't tell you how good you, you are at what you do. And I have to remember, even though affirmations might not be her love language that I lead by example and tell her, babe, you look sexy right now, babe, you working hard, but I want you to know that I know you're working hard and I appreciate it. And it's going to lead to bigger things. You know what I mean? You have to just keep each other on the right path. It's, there is a small level of dependence there. Obviously, so you got some dependence on him. You're like, what the fuck? The dude doesn't want to hang out with me so much. Well, truth comes in jest. Truth comes in honesty when you fight sometimes. And he's telling you, you need to get more friends. I think what he's telling you is he needs more space. So the best thing you can do is not get more friends. Be like, fuck you, Troy. I'll get as many fucking friends as I want. I've ran out of friend requests on my Facebook. I hit 5,000. No. No, don't do that. Do it for you. Water, water your own plants. You know what I mean? Do it for you. Uh, invest in yourself. And this is a good example. As your first lover, person you've been with, whatever, I think you were pretty much saying that he was like your first like real sexual partner. You, you don't know what you don't know, and you don't know that. And that's, that's just what it is. And I have to rem- remind myself that all the time. Like I could listen to this episode in 20 years and go, oh, geez, I was so wrong. How could I have been offering that stupid advice? But the truth is you just don't know what you don't know and you don't know it and you don't know what else is out there. And at the very least, this relationship is teaching you a lot about yourself. And it's alarming when you, it's alarming when you get jealous or needy and no one wants to feel needy. It's the worst feeling in the world to be like, oh, I'm so demanding right now. I'm not getting what I need from my significant other. Oh, I feel like such a bad person. I feel dirty. No one likes that. So what you need to do is decide. If, see if you can create a schedule with your boyfriend to be like, look, all right. You say you see each other two to three times a week. Maybe cut it down to two. Cut it down to two times a week. Try to make one of those two times like a quote unquote quality time, like a date night. And try to make the other one a Netflix and chill or whatever. And sometimes you'll do two date nights. Sometimes you do two Netflix and chills. But try to make, you know, every week you have two, two dates with him to connect. And, and make the rest about yourself. Not like, all right, I'm not going to text him for 48 hours. Just make it about yourself. And then the text messages will happen as they happen. The more you fill your glass, the, the more uh, you put into your own life, the more attractive you'll be to the outside world. And, uh, and that's just what it is. The busier, I always looked back at college. I never got my heart broken in college. I didn't get my heart broken in high school. I was too busy. I had too good a friend circle, too many extracurricular activities. I had so much of a great support system. It just didn't happen. 
uh, all of my heartbreaks have happened in my twenties. <laughs> they happened when I was, uh, had rocky job situations, not making much money, um, watching my friends succeed when I didn't, I lost some of my confidence and, um, about, I got, I, I had like a, three different heartbreaks that happened like each within each happened like three years apart. And it took, you know, anywhere from three to six months to get over. They really did. I mean, I have good days and bad days, but they takes, it takes time to get over. And then I would learn something about myself. And then a couple of years later, I, maybe I'll let my guard down, get needy. I think I found the right person. And then I fucking get so dependent on them. I, I lose my own identity. That's why sometimes breaking up, you lose a little bit of weight. It's like your body resetting itself. It's not healthy weight you're losing because you're depressed. And I'm saying you, but I mean me. But I was like, I, I broke up with this chick, Lindsay. She kind of dumped me, which is weird. She was a lot younger than me. She dumped me. I was like, oh, I'm not good enough for you really? And I lost a bunch of weight and I felt like miserable. And then one day I was, I mean, I felt miserable a couple of weeks of not really eating uh, much. And then, and then I, I just had a, I just ate a sandwich one day. I got hungry again and I tapped into that energy and I maybe, maybe, maybe it was a coffee speaking, but I was like, Oh fuck. Yeah, no, I can do this. I, and I got, and I gained my confidence back and I can't tell you, it's like the same story every time. It's like relationships have a way sometimes of depleting our confidence uh, because we lose our identity and who we are uh, lately. Like in this last year um, with my relationship, things have been good. We've learned a lot about each other. We're, we're growing and the key is to grow like a, like a vine, like, like with each other, not one overtaking the other, but side by side growing upwards. Maybe a vine's a bad example. How about two palm trees? I want my relationship to be two palm trees on a sandy beach growing straight up. I don't want one of us to get more sun than the other one, just straight up next to each other. And as we keep on growing and getting bigger and bigger, we still have each other. And that's what I think a good relationship can be. Bad relationships would be, uh, you know, some weird vine overtaking some tree and the vine sapping uh, or, or, you know, you know, like uh, uh, imagine, imagine one of those little plants that grows outside of a tree. If that tree dies, the plant dies. It's too dependent on each other. Stand by yourself. So you'll be better for it. And at the very least, he'll grow next to you. And maybe, maybe he'll actually learn that he doesn't like you standing on your own. Maybe he liked having someone who was, you know, fawning for him. And that might be too much for him. Sometimes men can't handle a strong, independent woman. Uh, it can be intimidating because we know they don't need us. Tasha's very independent. Sometimes we'll fight. She'll be counter-dependent. She'll like need her alone time. She'll be like, I'm fine without you. She needs to prove to me that she's fine without me. And that's horrifying because it's like, no, 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 you, you're supposed to need me. I'm supposed to add value to your life. And it's like, no, no, wrong, wrong. They're all, it's good that they're fine without you. It means you, like I said before, are each other's dessert, not the main dish. And um, anyway, I just think you're on the right path. I don't want to beat a dead horse here. Let me know, Soph, right back in. Did I, did I kind of, uh, uh, did I... Did I hit you with uh, some honesty or what? You know, got to get got to get um, some other social circles going. I know you said you have some friends, but you gotta you gotta get, yeah find out what what this feeling is that he can't give you, and 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 find out how you can give it to yourself. Uh, you deserve it. Read a couple quick ones. Uh, messaging someone you don't know. Let's say you're browsing Facebook and come across a profile of a cute girl. You don't know her. She doesn't know you. How do you message her without looking like a creep? Uh, dude, my success rate messaging strangers is close to 0%. And uh, like, it's just, you got to meet people in person. For every cute girl, you think, oh, I'll just talk to her. No one's messaged her before. You have to remember, you are just a thumbnail of a photo hitting on some girl. It's just not, it's just not productive. If you meet a girl in person at a coffee shop or something, uh, you have a three dimensional thing working for you. You're a human being, a thumbnail. I mean, you're not the first guy to approach a girl. If you have something in common, say you guys uh, are in the same yoga group, you're, you're in like uh, Des Moines, Idaho, uh, yoga enthusiasts, and you're all in the same group. And then you could say, Hey, uh, did you go to this hot vinyasa? This is a good one. You could just randomly talk to someone that way, but just a random person. If you can't find something in common with them from each other's bio or friends in common, don't do it. But also I have dudes, this guy, Brian, he's a good friend of mine. Brian would find a girl that I, that I was friends with and be like, dude, you got to introduce me, blah, blah, blah. I saw her on your profile. She's cute. It's like, okay, I guess, but 
You know what I mean? You got to make it more authentic than that. Social media is ruining the authenticity of relationships. Uh, I'm just, there's got to be 25 dudes that have texted that chick before you that have tried the same move. It's hard to be original on Facebook or social media. My entire life I have wanted to date, but I now know that is impossible. There is no way I will ever have a relationship. For those who are in my situation, what else are you looking forward to in life? The reasons I cannot date are simple. I am not compatible with most people. Um, Okay, that's an excuse. Uh, And it's also taking the onus away from you. I am unattractive in both looks as well as habits. My existence serves as a distraction in time to be filled up with useless details until I eventually die, wasting most of my chances along the way. Oh, bro, get me a fucking tissue, you crybaby bitch. You know what I mean? Go work out a little bit. Seriously, whenever anyone's that bummed out about their own well-being, it's like, okay, first of all, here's what I would do. If I was a coach and I had to come in and see this dude, I'm assuming it's a dude, here's what I would do. First of all, I would pull this dude's fat ass off the couch and say, get your shit together, you're being a bitch. Okay, I would go through his cupboards and his fridge and just get get out all the bad food I can. Because the first thing you got to do to fix somebody this down in the dumps is change your diet. I truly believe this. You have to change someone's diet. You can't be putting all these toxins into your body and expect to feel sexy. You're eating shit. You're probably your your face is breaking out in pimples because you're eating too much. You know whatever. You're just all over the place, dude. I've been there. I haven't been like morbidly obese, but I've been overweight and I didn't feel good about it either. I felt like a piece of shit. I couldn't look myself in the mirror. I get it. First thing you got to do if you want to be desirable to others is be desirable to yourself. You don't even like yourself right now, bro. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're wasting the precious air of people that are actually trying. All right. So you're just a waste of space and I'm sorry, but you're, you're, you're no good to society right now. The reasons I cannot date are simple. I'm not compatible with most people. Well, you only need one, bro. Find the one you're compatible with. If you love Dungeons and Dragons, then be good at Dungeons and Dragons. And also don't be a slob and learn how to talk to people. Hey, part of that is failing. Part of learning how to talk to people is failing. I do stand-up comedy. I get on stage and I talk to strangers. That didn't start one day with me being funny. I bombed and bombed and bombed. I bombed in the bars and the coffee shops trying to talk to people. I came off creepy. I tried to get liquid courage by drinking. And then finally, what you learn is that, you know, people have fears, but they, they want to make friends. So instead of trying to find some love of your life, just try to make some friends first, find people that share common interests, eat healthy, try to run or go on walks, get a dog, have a companion in life. You're not alone, bro. Jesus Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to message you privately, man. We're here for you but you need like a slap in the fucking face right now. I'm unattractive in both looks as well as habits. Well, get away. Stop doing your unattractive habits. What are you talking about? There's nothing more attractive than somebody who loves what they do. I don't care if you're a photographer, a blogger, what uh, into forensic science. I don't care if you recap um, law and order SVU. I don't care what your deal is. If you love what you do, someone's going to love you for it, bro. My existence serves as a distraction in time to be filled up with useless details. You're wasting my oxygen, man. All right? So you got it. You got to have to make a change, dude. Holy shit. All right. Is that enough? Do we get out of here on that? Do you guys want one more? My girlfriend believes that the earth is flat. I'm about to break up with her. Update. Before I said I wanted to break up with her, she said she doesn't have emotions for me anymore because we haven't hung out for three days. Well, that's an update. <laughs> So you want to break up with her because she's the earth is flat. Well, look, I mean, first of all, I don't know. Is that a deal breaker? Is a flat earth a deal breaker? That's better than someone who doesn't believe in the um, Newtown shootings. That's one of those where I'm like, oh, geez. Like if you don't, conspiracy theories are, uh, they're fun to believe in. But at some point it's like, look, if you don't think the earth is round, uh, cool. But, you know, maybe keep that to yourself. I don't know. But then you said that uh, she doesn't have emotions for you anymore. Well, if she said that, maybe you should take that as a sign that she doesn't have emotions for you anymore. Sometimes <laughs> men, we're like, no, no, no. What's the deeper meaning? When she said she doesn't have emotions for me, what did she mean? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say she doesn't have feelings for you. And I love they said because we haven't hung out for three days. Look, what are you, seven? How old are you? Uh, man. 
boy, the earth is flat. She spent maybe she spent three days online looking at conspiracy theories. Nothing's more fun than uh, reading conspiracy theories, but uh, at some point you got to keep that shit to yourself. Uh, let's do this. Let's do. Uh, uh, let's see if we have time. I'll, I'm going to go up to an hour. We're at 54 minutes. Got stood up. Should I give her another chance? Met a girl on Tinder, exchanged about five messages, and then I asked for her number, and she gave it to me. Texted the next day for about an hour, and then I asked her to coffee. She told me when she's free, and I said the date, time, and location. Didn't text her at all after that or add on social media. Three days later, on the night before the date in the morning, I text to confirm the date, and she doesn't reply. Checked Tinder, and we're no longer matched. LOL, what? Then in the AM, three hours before the date, I try to confirm again, but no reply. So should I reach out again in like a week or just let her text me if she wants to meet up another time? I'm leaning towards not contacting her again, but curious on your opinions. I'm leaning towards not contacting her again. I love that there's a bunch of women listening go, dude, she's not into you. Look, in today's world, we don't get that. We don't get the luxury of someone saying, hey, I'm not into you. We got to pick up on social cues. There was a girl I I was seeing in college briefly. I met this chick. She lived in the town next door. We had a good like make out. We had a nice night. We got drunk together at my old fraternity. Um, By the way, it was the only time I think I've ever passed out while a girl was trying to give me a blowjob. And I was so mad at myself the next day. But my buddies, I drank too much. Oh my gosh. I'm still, I'm looking back on it like you fucking idiot. Anyway, hook up with this girl, whatever. And then, and then we were, you know, texting back and forth. We hung out another time and I was like, oh, this is good. I'll see her again. And then she just kind of like slowly ghosted on me. And, you know, I, I did what guys do. I kept on messaging her until it was, you know, undoubtedly clear that she just wasn't into me. And sometimes that just happens. What you have to understand is you're not living in a vacuum. This girl could be talking to seven other guys and one of them took root and she started liking another dude. It's you met her on Tinder. You're going to get low percentage people. Uh, Not that the people are bad, but you have to remember you're not the only one they're texting. So chances are if they unmatched with you, just take it for what it is. Move on, bro. Ah, I need help. So this guy, I think I like up. I'm glad this is a girl. Those, those men were fucking brutal. Ah, I need help. So this guy I think I like messaged me to quote unquote Netflix and chill. Sounds great, but I've barely talked to him before and would like to actually explore a relationship before it quote unquote chilling. (laughs) When he texted me that I sort of ignored it and changed the subject. What should I do now? Okay. First of all, I oh just dropped my phone. You can't, you can't hate a guy for just for, so if you don't know the term Netflix and chill, by the way, this term came out after I had had been in a committed relationship, which kind of sucks because I would have loved to have this term. Netflix and chill just means not, not necessarily fuck, but it means let's watch a movie and hook up. Let's put on a dumb movie that we're not going to really care about the plot points to. And then we're going to finger each other underneath the covers and maybe hook up. It's a very casual way for two people to get close to each other in the dark. Right. And it says, look, um, it's, it's just like a psychological thing too. It's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to say let's hook up. I'm saying let's watch, let's Netflix and chill. It's not chill and Netflix. It's Netflix and chill. Let's see how it goes. Trial period. If we like it, we'll hire you on the spot, right? So you're going in for the interview. You get hired on the spot. You can't hate the guy for asking to Netflix and chill, but at the same time, what, what, here's what I would do. Sometimes men, we all want to have sex with women or in, in this case, this is a standard, you know, heterosexual conversation we're having. It applies to other types too. But imagine, guys, we sometimes you just can't show your cards. Sometimes a woman wants to go on literally one date before having sex with you. I mean, sometimes maybe they, maybe they're cool having sex right away, but maybe they're like, dude, I just want to get to fucking know you. I'm not looking for a long-term relationship or commitment. I just want to make sure you're not a psychopath before we start having sex. Because in a lot of instances, once you kind of get the ball rolling, it's like, oh, geez, I guess, you know, look at it this way. Men listening, you should appreciate a woman who wants a screening process because it means she doesn't just want any old dick to just, you know, show up. Uh, what I would do in this instance, uh, talking to the lady here is I wouldn't change the subject so much as just confront it head on. Uh, he was bold enough to say he wanted to Netflix and chill. Why don't you respond with as much as I love Netflix and chilling, I like to cheesecake factory Netflix and chill and he'll go LOL what and you'll go. Yeah, like 
my body's worth more than just a free Netflix account. I know you steal Netflix from your dad. So if you want to get with me, you better listen carefully. And then she breaks out a Spice Girl song. If you want to get with me, you got to you got to take me, you got to take me out for an appetizer first. And you go, look, look, I don't even need much, but don't insult me with the Wendy's junior bacon cheeseburger. I don't need a five course meal. Just show me that you're willing to hang out with me before we go do the dirty. We'll get to know each other. It'll be fun. Let's go bowling. We'll have a pint of beer, blah, blah, blah. Like what's wrong with being honest. I, I feel like any dude, if he goes, Oh, Oh, she's into me. But she just wants to be treated like a lady. Oh, that's cool. Like that sounds like a cool thing, right? Whereas sometimes guys are like, oh, I don't want to waste my time whining and dining her, mold whining, buttered rumming her. I don't want to butter rum her up. It's like, well, maybe if she was just honest and said, look, look, I'm not playing hard to get. I'm not this or that. I like Netflix and chilling. Just want to get to know you first. Let's go bowling. Who wouldn't, who wouldn't say yes to that? If you're, if, if they're into you and if they're not into you, then it's like, why did you want a guy coming over anyway? So, so you, so basically you said you changed the subject and then, and then, uh, but, but now you don't, I don't know. I would just, I just, I just think in today's world, you got to confront things with honesty head on and just be, be an honest person. A lot of our issues, we, we come, we circle back and forth all the time. A lot of our issues with dating relationships, uh, the opposite sex comes from them playing this battleship game. And sometimes wouldn't battleship be a lot easier if you could see the other person's board, right? We don't show the other person's board and that's because, and by the way, if you don't know battleship, uh, it's not just a shitty movie. It was a game that we played before, you know, uh, iPhones came out. <laughs> we probably download the app anyway, but yeah, you play the game. You had a little laptop looking thing that was set up. You put your board out. The other person said B three and oh, you sunk my battleship, uh, which by the way, if you came during sex and said you sunk my battleship, that would be a great line. Somebody try that. Uh, get a blowjob. You just sunk my battleship. The long one. You got to, you always want to sink the long one. The one that's got like the six pegs. Anyway, point is, uh, battleship would be a lot easier if you could see the other person's board and in relationships, you can ask the other person what they're feeling. You can listen to them and then you can better target your response to them. Hey, I'm talking to myself, folks. I do, I make this mistake all the time. Tasha will be saying something to me. She'll be, it'll come off the wrong way. And I'll be like, babe, seriously. And then next thing you know, she hangs up on me because instead of being like, what, what's bothering you? Or like just asking, Hey, um, it, it sounds like I'm irritating you. What, what, part of this um you know it, it's like it's like when you go to a doctor and they hit you with a little uh that little hammer they hit you in the knee they're trying to see where your reflexes are they're trying to poke at things to see where it hurts and in relationships we have to be hyper aware at what makes the another person tick and then i'm not saying necessarily avoid what makes them tick but know what what you're doing and why you're doing it that's making them tick to a avoid that and also B, have a better understanding of their emotions. We're not all built the same. You know, we've all got different imprints on us from life events and things like that. Anyway, look, um, I'm going to get out of here, folks. We hit an hour. You guys are fantastic. I love those two emails. Uh, let's get to an episode. I would love that. I'm not going to do a solo episode every week. Uh, I'm going sp- to I'm going to mix them in with the interviews. I'm going to keep doing my thing, uh, but I do appreciate you guys keeping me on the right track. Uh, th- there are th- we, it's not like there's only seven of you listening. We have, we, you know, we're getting, uh, I mean, my numbers at the highest last year, we were getting, um, up to about 15 to 18,000 uh, downloads a month. And right now I'd say we're probably averaging close to 10,000 downloads a month. Uh, so, uh, iTunes basically changed their algorithm. So it's a little harder to find the podcast, uh, which is great. That's, you know, when you find it randomly, I really appreciate that. That means you, you, you typed in some keywords and you were like, Oh, this guy looks cool. And then you listened to me and you stuck around and I appreciate that. Uh, I, uh, all I'm asking of you guys, like I said, I know, I know I don't want this to come on, uh, come off quote unquote unattractive, but as a guy who puts in, you know, a couple hours a week, I pay for the, you know, for all the fucking shit to do this. All I'm asking for, from you free content. You get to listen as you're driving to work or whatever is that you reward me by sharing it with your friends, share whatever link you want on Facebook, uh, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, if you don't even use iTunes, still subscribe on your iPhone and write a review. The new software makes it real easy to write a review. You just click reviews, click write a review, leave us a quick review. It helps 
build a following when you have 155 five-star reviews that's a lot better than three it helps you get better guests it it helps with cross-promoting the algorithm all of that so i know this is the business side of it it sounds a little boring i'd be remiss not to remind you guys almost weekly share it with as many people as you can post a you know link to the instagram leave a note whatever it is that's that's the donation i'm asking from you i don't need a christmas gift although i wish i did have a christmas list i want a new backpack anyway the point is i don't need that what i need from you is to help this grow because i'll I'll try to be less focused on the growth but also it's a business too and i don't want to be talking to an empty room i know you guys are listening uh follow us on social media at sex actually pod my personal instagram at d neals d-n-e-a-l-z um sex actually podcast at gmail.com leave me your story send me a selfie i'm also on snapchat i don't use snapchat as much but i need to get back into it because of that thing i did is going to air i'm on snapchat at d neals d-n-e-a-l-z that's my that's my everything you can venmo me follow me on instagram <laughs> all that shit at d neals uh you guys have been fantastic uh, i love the emails that you guys wrote in uh i can tell there's heart behind them i can tell you took time to actually reach out uh you don't have to have a question you can just email me and say hi tell me what your history is like i like to know i like to know your first sexual experience uh like where you were how it was it's just fun it's just fun to be like oh, i got a hand job at a uh, you know i got a hand job at a camp out when i was 13 and then i sucked you know whatever it is share your story with me i'll keep it anonymous it'll be fun uh, i'd like to hear from you guys and we'll see you next week Bye.